Thank you for tuning in to Hope Daily. Today we continue our Advent series, The Cast of Christmas. In the midst of an abnormal year, we anticipate Christmas differently. For some, there's more excitement because we've missed so many reasons to celebrate this year, but now Christmas cheer can cover all of those disappointments. For others, this is just another difficult thing to face. Christmas is normally a time of great cheer, but in the midst of so much sadness and confusion and our celebrations likely looking quite differently, it's hard to get excited. For most, I assume there is a combination of these two sentiments. Personally, I've found solace in knowing we aren't alone. As we enter our third week of Advent and continue our look at that first Christmas, I'm realizing in a new way that the feelings felt by Elizabeth, Mary, and today we'll see Joseph, were a mixed bag themselves. It's easy and perhaps right for us to romanticize the story of Christmas as it is the coming of our Lord and Savior, but if you ask the cast of Christmas what story they would have written for themselves, I bet it would have looked quite differently, something you can probably relate to this Christmas. So today, we turn our eyes to Joseph, and we'll read from Matthew 1, 18-25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she, found, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. When Joseph woke up from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Emmanuel. We've been walking through the Christmas story, and we've talked about Elizabeth and Mary, combining the story in Luke and Matthew, we find ourselves sometime after Mary had been visited by Gabriel. We know that she made haste to visit her Aunt Elizabeth, so so it is likely in this time that an angel of the Lord, perhaps Gabriel, or perhaps he had a day off, visits Joseph. He had clearly heard the news, and now Joseph finds himself in a difficult position. It's said that the way that we react while under pressure exposes what is really inside of us. And I think if we take that and apply it to Joseph, we see that righteousness was at his core. He knows that he is not the father of the child in Mary's womb, but his heart is not vindictive. Instead, he opts for kindness and even mercy. He will divorce Mary, but will do so in a way that allows her the cleanest break and the most hope. No need to further her shame or to drag this out. This makes sense, and Joseph is trying to act ideally in a less-than-ideal situation. Joseph gets some sleep, something that I'd imagine was hard to come by with the weight of a pregnant fiancé on his mind. And then an angel appears. The angel explains that all of this has happened to fulfill the words of the prophet Isaiah. Now Joseph had a choice. Joseph has an out, 
one that he could never be blamed for. No matter what he does, his life isn't going to look the way he thought it was going to look, but if he backs out now, he can start over. He can map a new course. If he takes the angel at its word, he's relinquishing control, and he'll have to go wherever this road leads. We see from Joseph's action that he knew what the Apostle Paul would later tell the church in Corinth and what has become the first core value of our church. We walk by faith, not by sight. To human eyes and human minds, it was clear what had happened. Mary had been unfaithful. Mary had brought shame upon herself, her family, and to some level, Joseph and his family. But Joseph could determine how much. He could divorce her quietly, move on with his life, marry someone else, and the shame would no longer be his to bear. Or he could walk by faith. He could trust that what the Lord had said to him through his angel was true. He could choose to enter into the story that God was telling. In our Advent season, we can quickly resort to walking by sight. One way that I think we do this is we look for the why. If we can give ourselves a reason as to why God is doing what he's doing, then we will get on board. But if we can't get to the why something is happening, then we can't muster the faith to believe it's something from God. Why are we living in the midst of a pandemic? Doesn't God want us to be healthy and well? Doesn't God want me to be able to see my family? Doesn't God want his church to be able to meet safely and without fear? There, these and dozens of other questions swirl, and we can't see what God is doing. We've lost our jobs. We've lost financial constraints. We've lost our normal go-to routines that provide stability in our lives. Now we have an option similar to the one that Joseph had. We read that when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He took his wife. Joseph stopped looking for the why, and he listened to the what. What is it that God is calling me to do? That's a completely different question than why is God calling me to do it. This probably isn't the last time that Joseph would be tempted to listen to the why over the what. Why are these men visiting our house with extravagant gifts for our son? Why do we have to flee to Egypt? Why doesn't my son want to follow the family tradition? But instead of asking why God was doing what he is doing, Joseph had trained himself to ask what God was asking him to do and then responding with a yes. You have probably spent time this year asking God why. And this isn't a bad question. This isn't a question that you should never ask. I think we are permitted and even invited to ask God why, but we can't get stuck on the why. We can't refuse to move until we get an answer to the why. When we are stuck on the why, we are looking for sight so that we can walk. But God asks us to walk by faith. Take time today and ask the Spirit to show you where you've been asking why, and then start asking what instead.